When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you fear that every illness you or your loved ones come down with could be fatal, if you feel like every mistake you make at work or at school is going to lead to you getting fired or failing the class, if you feel like every time someone takes a while to get back to you, whether through text or email, that it means that they hate you and this relationship is about to end, you probably experience a high level of something we call catastrophizing or catastrophic thinking. If you've ever heard those two terms, they mean the same thing. Um, it's also just sometimes simply called worst case scenario thinking, all synonyms for the same psychological phenomenon. Today, I'm going to explain a little bit about why we do this, why we end up forming these ultimately maladaptive habits, although the, the genesis of them is understandable. They're, they're meant to serve a purpose, and in some cases they do, but usually they end up making our lives worse rather than better. I'm also going to tell you two different strategies for dealing with catastrophic thinking, because there are actually two different subtypes of catastrophic thinking. And I guarantee that the second technique I'm going to teach you today, you've never heard of before, unless I'm your therapist, then you have. So real quick, my name is Dr. Scott. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. I specialize in moderate to severe depression and anxiety. I'm the author of For When Everything is Burning, which is a book available on Amazon. And I am the founder and CEO of the North Star Psychological Center, which is a mental health private practice in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Catastrophic thinking is when we become attached to the idea that the worst case scenario, the worst possible way things could go is what's going to happen rather than what actually, you know, logically or realistically seems like it is the most likely scenario. Now, this is different than just awareness of the worst case scenario, because almost everybody, at least in the back of their mind, you know, occasionally thinks like of how things could go horribly wrong. But many people can have those thoughts and then more or less just dismiss them or ignore them because their, their critical thinking mind will say like, well, yeah, that could happen. And that would be terrible if it did happen, but it's unlikely to happen. Therefore, we're not going to really get all that attached to it. If you're in your, you know, your wise mind, as you might say, then whatever the most likely outcome seems to be, and of course, there's always a little bit of a guessing game with that, that's going to be the one that you probably spend the most time thinking about and have the strongest emotional reaction to. When we engage in catastrophic thinking, it is not the most likely outcome, but the scariest outcome that we actually start to predict will in fact be the outcome. Even if we logically understand, you know, that that has like a 1% chance of happening, it is very unlikely that that thing would occur. Not only do we convince ourselves through our own thought patterns, usually unintentionally, that that thing is going to happen we then start to prepare emotionally and sometimes even logistically for that worst case scenario because we feel like we have to be ready for it. And so we start to actually experience some of the emotions that we would have if this horrible thing did come to pass just as a result of our essentially maladaptive mental habits that we are in. 
There's a couple reasons. Well, there's probably more than a couple reasons, but there's two reasons in particular I see why people fall into this habit of catastrophic thinking. The first is that people do not like to be caught off guard by really, really horrible things in life. I mean, you don't want horrible things to happen anyway, of course, but it's even worse when something horrible comes out of nowhere, when you had no inkling this thing was coming, no time to prepare for it. And I think like a lot of the examples I gave in my introduction of like someone dying, realizing someone really doesn't like you, um, getting fired, failing a class, I think a lot of the time we start to develop these patterns of catastrophic thinking because at least one of those things did happen at some point in our lives and it happened like really unexpectedly. Um, I know catastrophic thinking is something that I struggle with a lot. And, and honestly, I have many examples of like <laughs> all those things, actually. There's one that really sticks out in my mind. And I, I don't know why, because it's it's a really small, like relative to some of the other things that have happened in my life. This one's little, but there was something about this experience that just like really stuck with me. So I'll just, I won't make this Scott's story time or anything, but I, I just want to give you a quick example of this from my own life. There was a, I think I was probably 14 or 15. I know I couldn't drive yet, but I was definitely a teenager. Um, just riding around, hanging out with four of my friends. And I had just bought this new CD, you know, because this we had CDs back then, obviously, um, that I was really excited about. It was a band called Emperor. <laughs> I'm guessing probably less than 1% of you knows who Emperor is. They are a black metal band. Um, if you don't know what black metal is, it's very weird. Um, it tends to be very dark, very intense. It also tends to have really low production values. It, like, it sounds like it was recorded in a cave and it's just a lot of screaming and like droning guitars, really, really weird stuff. And I remember I insisted that we listen to Emperor because they, all my friends liked metal. They didn't necessarily like black metal, but they liked metal. And I'm like, oh, you guys are going to love this. And I put it in and like, I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention or what. Um, but we listened to a couple songs and then someone like switched it out for another CD um, and I switched it back and like made people listen to more songs. And they were like, this is one of those in retrospect moments. They were dropping hints. I look back on it because I remember them saying like, I can't understand a word this guy is saying. Like, are these real words? And I was like playing along with it. And I'm like, no, look, that was that was a word. He just said hell or something like that. Um Anyway, eventually they like got a little more firm with me and they they took the seat out again. And they handed it back to me and they're like, look, dude, you're the only one that likes this. We don't like this. They, they weren't even mean about it is the thing. They were like super chill and polite about it. And I just remember in that moment, I realized like, oh my gosh, they have been hating this for like the past 20, 30 minutes. We've been riding around listening to music that that they despise. And now they think I'm some like complete idiot, not only for liking this, but for like not realizing they didn't like it. Something about that moment made me just very hyper aware for signs of, and, and this is where it's catastrophizing because like I didn't lose friends over that. We were still friends after that. I don't know if it changed the way they saw me, but we were still friends. Um, but I just, from that day on, I became like hypersensitive and hyper aware of anything I was doing or even anything I liked in any relationship that other people didn't like, you know, I'd be very guarded about even saying like, oh, I like that band or I like that movie or I like that book. Um, and if someone would say like, oh, I hate emperor, 
I'd, or anything. It doesn't have to be emperor. I'd be like, oh yeah, they suck. And like, I would just say anything to, to blend in basically. Um, because I lived in constant fear for years of like something like that happening again and just making a complete fool out of myself. So I was always on edge, always on pins and needles, always looking for any subtle little sign like, oh, they hate at least this thing about me, if not me. That's the type of experience that tends to form these patterns of catastrophic thinking. It's getting caught off guard by something really unpleasant, something you did not see coming and it just like hits you full force out of nowhere. The other thing that strengthens catastrophic thinking is it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. I see this most often in relationships, but really this can happen with anything. So to give an example of how a self-fulfilling prophecy can essentially strengthen catastrophic thinking, again, we're going to go back to the intro. So let's say you're in a relationship with someone, you've, you've been dating this person for like, let's say a month. And on one particular day, you're you're texting or Snapchatting or whatever, whatever form of communication you use with this person. And they're just not, they're not responding as quickly as they normally do. And when they do finally respond, it's less than usual, it's shorter. And you start to think, uh-oh, they're losing interest. I don't think this person is quite as into me as they have been for this first month. I think that things are starting to uh, fade out a little bit. And again, you you probably have had, you're probably drawing on previous experiences where like maybe someone was starting to lose interest in you and you didn't realize it and you didn't see it coming and you kind of kept pushing, kept pursuing until maybe something really like humiliating or embarrassing happened and you realized, oh, I missed a bunch of signs that this person was kind of pulling away and you don't ever want to miss those signs again. So you start to look for it. The problem is you start to see it even when it's not there. Maybe this person's just having a busy day of work or something, right? Or maybe they're kind of sick or a little, you know, a little under the weather. Maybe they're, maybe they're having a depressive episode. But you think you see these signs like, oh, this person's pulling away again. Just like this is what always happens to me. This is my pattern. And because you perceive that they are pulling away and you don't want to get hurt, you then also start to pull away as a reaction to your catastrophic thought pattern that they are pulling away. They then notice that you are pulling away and they say, oh, they are losing interest in me. And then they do start to pull away. And then the thing that you were afraid was going to happen actually starts to happen, not because your catastrophic thinking was correct, but because your actions as a result of the catastrophic thinking influenced the outcome. That was a that was a lot. So I hope that that made sense to you. I know I've kind of explained that before in another video, but you don't necessarily realize how many things in your life have been caused by the catastrophic thinking. And every single time a relationship fails or a job doesn't work out or or whatever, whatever the thing that you're really stuck on is every time it comes to fruition, every time you fear this worst case scenario and it does actually happen. It basically validates your catastrophic thinking because your brain says, hey, we were right. That sucks, but we were right. Yet again, here's another example of this thing that always happens to me. So I was correct to have my radar up for this because it happened and it's probably going to keep happening. So I need to keep looking for it. So this is where this stuff comes from. Okay. And this is why it can feel like when you hear someone else's catastrophic thoughts and it's not the thing you catastrophize, at least in your head, you might be like, whoa, like, you think that's what's going to happen from this? When you hear catastrophic thoughts that you don't relate to, they sound ridiculous. But when you hear your own, it's like, yep, that's legit. That's totally valid. That is how things are going to go. That is just the truth of life. And that's how they can really like not to be overdramatic, but that's how they can ruin your life because they can cause the things you're afraid of to happen and you don't realize why. So 
Hopefully that made sense. Okay, I think I've explained this enough. Let's talk solutions. Now, I'm going to break down the solutions into two categories. Some catastrophic thinking is intentional, or at least semi-intentional. In other words, sometimes we know there's a wide range of outcomes. We know that some are more likely than others, and we consciously decide to prepare for the worst, not because we can't help it, but just because we want to be prepared for it. I mean, there's a whole saying about that, right? A very common saying, hope for the best, expect the worst. That is essentially encouraging you. That, that is a saying that is encouraging you to engage in catastrophic thinking. It's literally telling you catastrophize that thing so that you're not caught off guard. It's the whole thing all in one maladaptive cultural saying. I'm not a fan of that saying, probably pretty obvious at this point. The biggest reason I'm not a fan of that saying and that I'm not a fan of intentional catastrophizing in general is that hoping for the best and expecting the worst doesn't work. When you expect the worst case scenario to happen, you start to brace for it, both psychologically and in some cases, even physically. Your nervous system functioning, your muscle tension, your heart rate, your digestion of food, your breathing, they all change when you believe something bad is going to happen to you because you are literally bracing for danger, like physiological danger. It's all part of the same system. We we don't have like a separate process for like, oh, this will be really bad emotionally, but physically it won't do anything. The whole thing happens all at once. So when you believe you're about to experience something terrible, you brace for it. And the thing is, when the moment comes and passes where you thought the terrible thing was going to happen, if it turns out all right, like not as bad as you thought, most people, at least I've heard a few people dispute me on this. Most people actually don't relax in that situation. They basically just defer the catastrophic thinking to the next big thing in their life. So that can sound like, oh, okay, that, that thing didn't go as bad as I thought it was going to, but I'm still mentally and physically committed to something terrible happening in my future. So it's not that I was wrong. I just misjudged the time frame. The terrible thing wasn't this thing. It's going to be the next thing. So the terrible thing, I, I was living in fear of embarrassing myself in this job interview, and I, I feel like the interview actually went okay. So the terrible thing isn't the interview. The terrible thing is that they, they're going to offer me the position, and I'm going to accept it, and then they're going to find out I suck, and they, they're going to fire me. So I just, I thought it was going to happen sooner than it actually did, but I wasn't wrong. It's still going to be terrible, just not yet. That is... I mean, that's a very specific example, but that's usually what happens when we hope for the best, but expect the worst. We stay in this wound up anticipatory state waiting for the horrible thing to happen. And even if it's like a year later, something awful, awful happens a year later and you're like, aha, there it is. I knew it. I knew it was going to happen. I just misjudged when and what, but something terrible did happen. I was right. Catastrophic thinking validated. I should keep thinking this way. And of course, if eventually something bad is going to happen, as much as I'd love to sit here and tell you nothing horrible is ever going to happen to you again for the rest of your life, that's a straight up lie because it will. So if, you're, if your definition of like, I should stop catastrophizing is nothing horrible ever will happen to me, of course, that's not true. But what is your success rate though? I mean, I know you can't really calculate it, but if, if you honestly try to sit down and look at it, like... Number of times I catastrophize versus number of times catastrophe actually happens. You know, do you think you're at like 10% maybe? I mean, that might be high. I think most people might even say lower. What that means, if it's true, 
is that 90% of your anxiety is over literally nothing, things that didn't occur. Can you imagine how your life would be different if your anxiety went down by 90%? So just something to think about. Anyway, that's for the intentional catastrophizers. And I suspect more of you might be unintentional catastrophizers, meaning you don't do it on purpose. Your brain just goes there. That's just your automatic reaction to everything. And not only do you not do it on purpose, you notice it happening and you like try to pull it back. You're like, no, don't do that. And it still does it. I'm going to teach you a trick. And, and this is a trick that is very, very powerful. It's also a little bit time consuming. Okay. It's called the cognitive reversal technique. Catastrophic thinking typically occurs in a chain reaction of thoughts. Now those thoughts may happen so fast that you don't even notice the chain, but it's not typically like one stimuli, instant catastrophe. It might take two seconds to get there, but there's usually like three, four or five different cascading thoughts that lead you to that. So let me give you an example. Let's say that you're a student and you get an F on a paper or a test, something pretty big, right? And an F obviously is not a grade you want. So you get an F on one component of your class and your brain in like two seconds says, oh, I got an F on this assignment. Therefore, I'm going to fail the class. And since I'm going to fail the class, I'm also probably going to just flunk out of college or high school complete. Like I'm not going to graduate. And since I'm not going to graduate, I'm not going to be able to get a job. And since I won't get a job, I will be homeless. And like hearing me say those things in a row like that, you might've heard that and been like, that's kind of like legit. Like that's not that unbelievable. But here's the thing. If we, if, if that chain of thoughts that I just articulated has sound logic to it, if it's a reasonable conclusion to reach based on the stimuli, we should be able to flip the whole thing around. Meaning if you invert the stimulus, if you change the F to an A, like that would be the opposite, right? You should be able to use the exact same logic and come to a reasonable positive conclusion about the positive stimuli. So let's try it and let's see how it goes. So you just got to make the opposite of every statement. So the opposite of an F probably is an A, right? So I got an A on the, on the assignment. Because I got an A on the assignment, I'm probably going to pass the class. Could be, right? Because I passed this one class, I'm definitely going to graduate high school or college. Little sketchy, right? Takes more than one class to graduate. Because I graduate high school or college, I'm definitely going to get a job. And because I'll definitely get a job, I'm going to end up living in like the house of my dreams someday. Again, you have to make sure that the intensity of the thoughts are the same. So the opposite of being homeless isn't like stability. It's like dream house, right? And that sounded ridiculous, did it not? I got an A on this one assignment. Therefore, I am like set for life. Everything's going to work out. I'm golden. I got an A on this paper. That sounds like narcissism, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's not feasible. It's the same logic. The reason that that one sounded ridiculous and the first one maybe didn't is because the first one is a more familiar thought pattern to you. And when a thought pattern is familiar to you, it feels believable, even if it's not logically sound. When you take the same logic and send it in a positive direction, which your brain is maybe less used to doing, it's like, whoa, that's crazy talk. How would anyone think that they're going to like end up in, you know, a mansion because they got an A on a paper one time? That's the same thing. That is the same thing as saying I'm going to end up homeless because I got an F on a paper one time. Same logic.
So what I recommend doing now, that's a lot to do in your head. Like I did it in my head, but I've done that one a million. Like I've literally used that example more times than I can count. Um, do it on paper and actually draw it like the negative thoughts cascading down, the positive thoughts cascading up and make sure that they are equally strong counterpoints in each one. And what you'll notice is there's a certain part in the positive thought pattern where logic just goes completely out the window and we're just in make-believe land at that point. And then you go back to your original thought pattern that cascades down, same problem. That's the same point where it goes off the rails. You just don't notice it because you're so used to thinking that way that it has this ring of truth that comes from the practice effect. So that is my number one favorite strategy for managing catastrophic thinking, the cognitive reversal technique. I think it is completely underutilized and underrated. I've never even heard anyone else talk about it, but I think it's, I think it's invaluable. I mean, it has legitimately changed my life using it. And I hope that it changes yours as well. If you are someone who struggles with catastrophic thinking, because I know what a toll this can take on you. Please let me know if you have any questions. Otherwise, I will see you next time. Take care.